Welcome to Jeff and Phil Originals, a podcast series hosted by Jeff Seabock and Phil Sexton, Reality One's number one reality group. Jeff and Phil would also like our fans to know that Agent Metrics is now Agent Truth. Enjoy. What are the best sources for building your listing business? Oh. oh. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, actually, currently, the best way is to give away your expertise in a website. To wow. actually have neighborhood expertise and then to, I mean, it's hard because the best way to build your listing business is to find a list. Uh, actually, here's what it is, is get a buyer that's looking in a neighborhood and then look for sellers that want to sell their house that fit that buyer's general description. But when we started working together, you were a buyer's agent. Yes. How many listings would you do a year? Mm, you know, I would... Just from sphere of influence, get like six to seven, maybe right, so maybe six ten, to seven and how maybe many, ten, like one and, a month. And those years, what were you? How many houses were you selling as a buyer's agent? I was selling more. It was more like sixty-five percent, seventy percent. So I was probably doing twenty-five houses. I was doing probably fourteen or fifteen buyers and like ten listings. Right. And so what year was it where we're like, let's become listing agents? Well, that was two thousand. Well, I mean, to answer his question correctly. We, I used the web. I learned from a friend of mine in the business a long time ago was to get people to put ads. I think Craig Proctor does a similar thing where you put an ad somewhere like in Craigslist or at the time we would put it in the newspaper. I don't use the newspaper anymore, but drive them to a website to ask them for the value of their home. This was pre-Zillow, right? So that really doesn't, that, that doesn't work as well anymore. So now we have to come up with a new thing and that's really creating value through your web presence is the best way to build a listing business. And then looking for it, right? So, I mean, it reminds me of the, the two guys that went out in New York City. One of them was looking for all of the amount of money that they could find on the ground. Dr. Shivago, I think his name was. Yeah, so he did this, this experiment where he sent, guys, they're probably named Jeff and Phil. And he said, Jeff, go out. And find all of the diff- all of the money that you can on the streets of New York City. Phil, there's no money on the streets of New York. And then he said, York. Phil, you go out and you find all the different animal species that are out there what on the Phil streets say? of New York. And I was like, "There's not, dude. There's going to be pigeons, like mm. pigeons and humans. Yeah. What else is there going to be?" Yeah. And so he sent he sent these guys off to on their search for information. And you came back, Jeff. I mean, Twenty seven, a hundred and twenty seven dollars and forty three cents. In a day, looking for change on the streets. And I came back with 18 different varieties of animals. That I saw. Was yeah, it 27? 27 different. 27 varieties of types animals. Of animal types, types of animals. In New York City in, in one New York day. City. Yeah. Right? And then he said, okay, now Jeff, cat. good job, Jeff, finding the $127. How many animal species did you see? None. There's no animals in New York City. And he said, hey, <laughs> Phil, good job on finding the 27 different animal species. How much change did you find on the ground? I didn't see any money on the ground. Yeah. Well, I mean, this right? is... Distra- so, okay, but uh, back to Michael Smith's question. But this is it. Is So when we were working with buyers, when we're working with buyers and we're generating the inquiries for people that want to see our houses, we started looking for the listing opportunities. We right, started but this was 2013, them. right? Like, Because we were in 2012, right? So our goal starting out 2013 took our little sign stuck in the ground and we're, we're going to become listing agents. So what did we do, Michael? What do I do? Is you start tracking the amount of CMAs you deliver. Oh, 
come on, we weren't that good. No. We started tracking the number of listing appointments that you went on. And we got sick of writing down zero. Okay, right. Zero. So then we went zero. to writing down. Okay, so what's the step that you do before the listing appointment for us in our process and what it always been and that I believe is something that everybody has to create is that you have to send a packet, what we call a CMA packet. It's a pre-listing packet pre-list, in the industry. Right, pre-listing packet in the industry is the immediately. Okay, so if we can't, if we got zero listing appointments, we can't. Right, we, don't we, we write can those. write we down don't zero, but you get bored and you're like, yeah. this stinks, right? Like, yeah. I need to find a different shiny object to tra- chase. So we start tracking uh, CMAs. So we started tracking CMAs yeah. out the door. Yeah, And those weren't zero. No, no, no. The first months, we were sucky at it. I mean, if you, we could show you the chart of how sucky we were. Because in December of 2012, I said that we sent out one packet yeah. or two January packets was two. and two listings. But that just showed you that I wasn't paying attention because I, I didn't have my shit together, is what we call that, right? So then the next month, you know, like May, December, January, and February, it was like two, one, yeah. three, anyway. And then we changed And then process. in March, I sent out 19 CMAs. Oh, when did I actually start tracking? In March. You can tell that I backfilled to make the story better. But because I became focused on the step... Ahead of the step. And that's the hard part about it is because we have in real estate, Michael, conversations with people about real estate and they own a house. That is called a listing lead. The challenge that we find out and why it takes about six to nine months of our system is that People just can't, why Phil was telling the whole story about the being focused is that that laser focus has to occur that you're, first of all, to identify that you're talking to somebody that owns a house about real estate because now everything is given to them online. They have a cell phone. That was easy. Yeah. So they can go out and see it. They don't need to ask you what the home value is. Therefore, we have to be more clued in for clues. Clued in. Yeah. For clues. No, you got to be looking for money when you're on the streets. You're yeah. Looking for money. You have to be like... You got to be looking for animals. Right. Because if they know that you're a real estate agent and they're asking you about real estate... Because here's the thing is, when I go to... When smells, I go, smells like an opportunity. Yeah, it smells like an opportunity. Yeah. Right. But how do I not scare them away? Right? Because what we want to do is like, oh my God, how can I sell you a house? And the realtor are like, oh my God, how can I get the card out of my... Like, I got to... I don't give out cards. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Cards. Yeah. Asking but, but, somebody but, but, for but, a no, card. No, 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 no. I'm a realtor. No, 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 no. Yeah. Right? Like, they're like, okay, we should list with you. <laughs> you can't even keep your pants on. Right? Like, like, dude, I the market was and you want to puke all over me tell me how great you are yeah like I didn't you want your card yeah i didn't want your card yeah. i just wanted to see if you had a sense of worth talking to yes i wanted to right. see if you were worth talking so to. then are we come out with this great statement because we're like oh it's a hot market it's a hot i mean the, oh the market's on fire unbelievable unbelievable it's the greatest market ever to list your house and i think we like we have it on the market by thursday where's your value you kind of reminded me of um 
chicken wings right there. Uh, <laughs> oh, you have to My pretty little pets. We hold it. <laughs> little Tommy Boy for y'all fans out there, right? Best sales movie of all time. Ever. Love yes, it. Yes. Right? But the thing is, is here's the other but, one. But then, well, let's finish with the orifice conversation. At that we never moment. We never started. You will win or lose when you talk about real estate by what comes out of your mouth. Now, you can still F up what comes out of your mouth, but as long as you send them a CMA <coughs> the next day and then track it, you will begin your sure. listing opportunity. So the goal is then to, at the end of the day, because it's a relationship business, is to meet more people and have more conversations, yes. But in today's world, you're going to have to deliver more value in the conversation and then follow up with something of value in print to a seller. Because that's how I was like, no, I emailed it. Don't. I don't like that. Stop. I don't even read email. Honestly. I mean, I glance at or whatever. But I mean, it's like we have to get the way with the idea that, yes, we still do emails every day, all the time, lots of them. Right, but the idea that email is going to be our way of winning the business is just right. That was two thousand three. It will work, just not. We just want to be most effective. Wow. Yep. All right. So, Cami asked another mm-hmm. question, Jeff. She's great. I know. I love the Kip. Love. The Thank questions. you, Cami. Like, so dude, wait, I got one more before like, we get to your question, Cami. One more. Point I feel like we're filling up the show here on the CMA things and when that changed is we thought that we had to do the CMAs every single time an opportunity came up to do a CMA. And that... Oh, what a great... You that, picked that one out? That was good. Well, it limited There's us. There's a lot there right in front of us, and you just went bang to a good one. It's the truth. All right, so be- slow it down. We used to have Jeff do run the So most, most real estate agents believe that when someone tells them that they want to sell their house that they need to, cause this is what, this is where we got to change that value proposition for a realtor or a real estate agent or for anyone selling real estate is that that's not your value. What's not your value that you like, I got to go home and I got to hand pick out the comps and okay. I got to like look through the houses Right, because I got myself a listing lead coming up, and I got to figure out the value, right? Like, no, you're missing it at that point. Don't waste your time until you get the appointment. Now, if you're excited and it's your first one and you want to go look at the value, fine. But if you're going to do that, make sure that you have enough process to save the query. Wow, this is getting down into the weeds. But I do not want you to... Waste time pulling comps on a house more than once. Right. Right? Meaning that you're going to look at the comps more than once, but the actual, like everything we do is trying to systematize our business into when you're looking up comps that you should have nomenclature rules. Dun, dun, dun. Nomenclature rules, Jeff. Yeah. Right. Ways that you're going to, I was talking to two newer agents on our team. And that you have to know that if I'm going to save a search for a buyer, what am I always going to call that buyer in MLS or in Boomtown or whatever your search is? 
like the same because the problem is is they are willy-nilly about how they choose names and then they're like the system because uh, hey, I'm picking on you Neil if you're watching but he's like the, uh, it's not there it's not there it's not there oh my god I'm like what's wrong with me MLS is broken <laughs> and I'm like click view all oh there it is <laughs> oh okay cool yeah that's why you need to work on so that you because the thing was is she was married and she used her maiden name in the email and but that's part of your nomenclature rules that what am I going to use right for me when I save listing comps for a listing when I look it up I save it as the tax record name always always when I remember right 95% of the time means always in this instance but as many as often as I will save it so I know when I'm looking it up then I can always go to monsoon to save it so I can save myself time because I think that we cre create anxiety in our businesses based on our inefficiency in tech. So as soon as but when we I look stopped, at the, yeah, as soon as Jeff stopped doing the CMAs, we actually were able, and we had somebody else. We hired somebody. Oh, you're saying that I did it for it. like eight years because I too was that person. Yeah, no, it's just hard to delegate. Oh, right? you're making lesson, fun of me always. But okay. it's a lesson in delegation. And so as soon as we delegated it to the next person, the number that we sent out went up. Yeah, we sent because out, there was like, we sent out 18 today. Oh, when you're looking for money, it's all over the place. Right. It's just finding what's your, what's your variable? What's your threshold on when to send that packet or when not to send that packet? One of the things that we... Send more packets. Send more packets. But I call it, I don't always call it a CMA. Sometimes I call it a glorified thank you letter. Because we're very quick. We love thank you letters. We're very quick to send thank Same you material, CMA, no comps, CMA, thank you letter. A, a thank you note, which is this little Folder. note card it's that says, little. thank you. for the, It was great to meet you at the party last night. Appreciate the conversation. Let me know if you have any needs, if, if you have any real estate needs. Sincerely, Phil Sexton, business card, fold it, envelope, out the door. The person gets it, and what do they do? True story. Chantel says true story because she's the one that helps us execute the CMAs now. So what do they do is they take that thank you note. They go, oh, that was very nice. And they throw it in the trash garbage. So instead, we use our glorified thank you letter, which is actually our CMA packet, which is a big a old folder. folder with lots of marketing materials in it. And lots As of, a thank you? You call that your thank you? Lots of materials about what oh. the market is doing, right? And then we put a note on the front. And now we say... Thank you for the conversation that we had at the party last night. It was really nice to meet you. Let me know if you have any real estate needs. And we put that in a big old folder. And now we send that to them. It's just harder to throw away. Yeah. I want to comment on Eric Paul. You're right. Delegating does help it. But what we find is that agents have a harder problem getting delegating than they do as hard, just as hard as delegating as tech issues. Like that is a lot of the frustration in the business. I do want to get to Cammy. Uh, Cammy's. Do you have? Do you do a buyer consultation before ever showing a buyer properties? Um, Ready? I'm going to answer. I wonder if our answer is going to be the same. One, two, three. No. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we don't Sometimes. call it a buyer consultation because that would be an old school traditionalist activity. Because what we talk about in that consultation that we do is not 
Sometimes the consultation is at houses that you're showing. Yeah. It's not... We it, we always there, do there's one, not, uh, but you put the when in there. Yeah. And it's not put, always before ever showing. Right. So uh, we would do it, and I suggest that people meet us at the office, off, office often so that I can... I don't announce them to come in to, for a buyer consultation. I say, meet me at the office and we'll go for there. Come on in. And then, and then when I get here, I'm like, come on in and sit down, right? Like, look at the TV. We're going to look at pictures, right? Like, there's a... Look at the charts. So Here's what the market's doing. I think it is the job of the real estate agent to always do, in your words, a buyer consultation. I just think that it sometimes it happens at house two or three or four or five, depending on who's got the right amount of chairs at the kitchen table when I show up and who's not home. So <laughs> yeah, which house is vacant? But understand that our bar consultation a lot of times I don't even is need a, chairs though. Sometimes a, right is a chance to educate. We can stand <laughs> when there's not high emotions in the deal, right? And so if you don't do a buyer consultation, the fail of not doing that doesn't show up until. They don't listen to you once they're in high emotion state of offering on a house. Uh, okay, so I mean, maybe we pull the audience. What do you include in your buyer consultation, and then we can end up with we'll share what we do in ours. If there's anyone that wants to share what they include in their buy, what is what, like okay, so how about this? Because we're into writing everything down. What are the things that we cover in our buyer consultation? Item number one. Anyone want to guess? While we wait for our... The answer is not the contract, for sure. Right? So oh, I don't even like to talk let's about... Let's wait for them to answer. Oh. We're polling the audience. Let's see what they say. Dun, dun, dun. Do we have another question beforehand? No. No. What, what, are the, what are the requirements? Like, what is your... In your process, what do you like to cover? How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? Most commonly, the... The current state, state of, of the market, market buyer advisory. Buyer advisory awesome. Keep them coming. Keep, Keep them coming. coming. Yes. Yeah. You said don't, you don't do the contract, Jeff? Uh, I um, I don't think that's the appropriate time. Okay. I definitely like to – my goal is to send them the contract after the consultation. That's usually the how I wrap it up. Okay, cool. I'll forward you the contract. I like to send you a bank blank contract at that time. Kind of go through it. Let me know what kind of questions that you have. I'll kind of highlight the five points, and that's how I'll, I'll introduce it. But I but, wait a minute before we share what we do in our buyer consultation because that's what you're about to do. I already just did that. But yeah. You did I all started, of it. No, you started there. before, we get, to the, up, before yeah. we get to the real meat of the answer. Would you guys, if you guys find this podcast, if you guys find this video helpful or enlightening, would you mind sharing it with your with your friends that are agents? Would you mind sharing it? It's a closed group. Would you mind sharing the group? with your friends just because we'd like to build our audience so that we can get this message out to more people yeah if fun. you would do that we would totally appreciate it and now back to jeff's yeah i think it was the first guy the really program. smart guy jim mitchell right current state of the market so i my thing is is that what i learned in, in talking to people about real estate is that their sources for real estate were news their sources for real estate news right so the newspaper. Oh well, we don't like Jim anymore. Yeah, I'll share. <laughs> right. So just kidding, Jim. The just newspaper, kidding. CNN, CNBC, Fox News, ABC, USA. Hey, we're hey. back. <laughs> yeah. So I first want to get people because that's the co most common thing. When it started was 
the theory behind what we deliver in our first meeting with the people is that we want to have a discussion about how they can successfully buy a house. In the current state of the market. In the current state of the market. And what I found was the most common issue with people was that they did not understand the market and were not going to be able to offer the correct amount and were not going to understand what the trends are that they needed to pay attention to, meaning like, can you ask for closing cost assistance in a neighborhood over 400,000? The answer is likely no, often, unless all the comps have closing cost assistance, like just different things that you need to learn and you need to talk to them about their offer so that they could win, especially in today's market, because this is now we're in a super competitive marketplace. We've got less than 16,000 listings as of Tuesday on the marketplace. So considering that 92% of the market's under 500,000, that most of you are in competitive marketplaces, that you need to have this conversation up front ASAP before the first house showing, if not the second house, if not the third house, if not the fourth house, usually in a vacant house is what I would target to have a little, I, I like to call it a sit down, but often we stood, right? Usually it's at the kitchen table so I can lay out my charts, right? And I like the, I like the third party. Can we plug? Um, can we get a uh, get a plug in here? We can get a Cromford Report plug. There you I go. love the Cromford Report. Michael has a ma- master's in math. What I like is because he has a master's in mathematics from Oxford University. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, Michael Orr, right? So, because the thing is, is in sourcing my, in trying to convince people, I like to sell through pictures. So I take pretty pictures. This is never a conversation. Without props. Yeah. Okay, cool. We need props. Okay. And the props in this case are graphs, not from you, but from a third party source. I like to call him a quant. I don't know if that's an insult, but it's one smart freaking dude, right? So he pulls all the data out of MLS. And then this is what he said, because people believe mathematicians, especially smart ones. So I say this is what he's this is what he's showing in his charts to show patterns of write this down. There's three things that we cover. We're gonna go real slow. We're almost out of time, Jeff. I know, but we're gonna get them out because okay. there's only three things. Ready? What we cover is maybe next week. <laughs> I mean, oh, come we're on. out of time. <laughs> no, they're, on, they're gonna ask that. lots of questions. We talk about supply demand and we let them come up with where prices are going to go so. all right i liked today's session cammy she says i do a normal let me meet you for coffee and go over my team's info and how our services work and what to expect during the process along with the buyer advisory okay a little bit different than what we do yeah also need to understand their motivation yes absolutely and then jim 100 percent agree agree most buyers aren't tuned in enough to understand the difference between a buyer's market and a seller's market I always start with the state of the market before I even ask them what they're looking for in a home until they know what field they're playing and they won't know what it takes to get a home in today's market. 
Yes. Yes. I appreciate your guys' questions today. Oh, I like the love conversation. It. Thank, Thank you. you. I feel like we're talking with Jim. I feel like we're talking with Cammie and Michael. Michael and Smith. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. So Thank you for listening to Jeff and Phil Originals. Stay up to date by following us on SoundCloud.com forward slash Jeff and Phil Originals, Facebook.com forward slash Jeff and Phil Originals, or you can download the Apple Podcast app. You can find links to all of our social media platforms in our description. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.